Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Jeff Henderson. When it comes to launching something new, especially a business or a new organization, it's helpful to know the difference between a hobby and a business. And for many launchers, sometimes they have a hobby, they have an interest, and they decide to turn that hobby and interest into a business or an organization, which is a fantastic idea. But there's an old adage that describes the difference between a hobby and a business. And that adage says that a hobby costs you money and a business makes you money or at least it should. And for many launchers and and entrepreneurs, we've got to make sure that when we have a hobby or an interest, that if we want to turn it into a business, into an organization, that there are principles that apply to running a business, running an organization that must be intact and in place if we're going to actually sustain the business and turn it from a hobby into a business. And that's exactly what our guest did today on the Launch University podcast. You're going to get to hear from a friend of mine, Amanda Coker. She developed an interest and a hobby in photography, like many people I know have, but she made a fundamental decision to turn that hobby and interest into a business. And six years later, it's a thriving business, a growing business, and you're going to hear about that today. So if you have a hobby or interest or an idea that you're thinking about turning into a business or an organization or launching it, you're going to hear some helpful practical tips from Amanda in terms of what she has done these last six years. And as usual here on Launch University, we're going to hear not just the highlights, we're going to hear some of the challenges that she has had along the way, like all of us have had. Now, before you get to hear from Amanda, I want to just remind you about our communication resource that can help all of us in terms of whether we're an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur, whatever it is that you might be wanting to launch or communicate. We've developed a communication resource that will help you, and it's you can find it at myelevatorpitch.net, myelevatorpitch.net. You'll see uh, the, all the information there, and we believe that our goal is, is that we can help you shape and hone your message so that you can have minimum words in describing your idea, but maximum results as a result of how you communicate it. So myelevatorpitch.net, check that out. Now, in the meantime, I'm so excited that you get to hear from my friend Amanda. You're going to get to hear more about Dash Photography. And again, if you've got a hobby, an interest, an idea, or a passion, there are some ways that you can turn that into a sustainable business idea, sustainable organization, that you can not only have fun with that idea, but you can also impact the world and make it a better place, which is certainly what Amanda Coker is doing. Well, Amanda, thanks for being here. It's always great to see you. This is kind of home. We're at Gwinnett Church, mm-hmm. and so you and your husband are here, and uh, I've known you for a while now. But, And actually, you've had a, had a big impact on my daughter, so I'm a big fan thanks. of yours. And so, But I would like to talk about you know, photography. Many people have that as a hobby, mm-hmm. and you had that a hobby, but I you've did. turned it into a business, which is a huge transition. So tell us first how you got interested in photography in the first place. Sure. So I went to college in Dahlonega, North Georgia. I was a physical education and psychology major. I played soccer and... So nothing to do with photography. Nothing at all. (laughs) Which is the story of all of us Yes. And I had always somewhat been creative, but just never... And I enjoyed taking photos, but I didn't think it was anything that I could actually make money doing. So college really wasn't my thing. I did graduate. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. I I was proud of that. And then I moved to Colorado. And that's kind of where my love for photography was birthed, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, It's 
very easy to find inspiration in the Rockies yeah. and it's everything is beautiful there. So I had a camera just that I'd purchased or I guess my parents bought for me in high school and just go out to the parks and get people snowboarding. And initially, because I was comfortable with athletics, I'd been that been around that my whole life. That was what I first started shooting. So I went to the X Games and shot as a fan. And oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was it was amazing. And so I'm looking at these photos. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And people are telling me that I'm somewhat good at it. So maybe I can work for Sports Illustrated. And that was my first big dream was working for Sports Illustrated, which I look back now, I'm like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> um, so I moved back home and had just come out of a season of grief. I'd lost someone very close to me and um, was kind of dealing with that. And that ties into the story and yeah. how I came up with Dash. So that's an important piece of the puzzle. But I started shooting MMA, which is mixed martial arts for people who don't know. And these extreme sports. I wow. know, I know. So my first paid gig, and honestly, it was very much just a hey, I have a nice camera and I've grown up watching mixed martial arts. So let me take a hack at shooting this. And a promoter hired me when I say hired me I think I got paid like a hundred dollars to now where was this it was in Greenville South Carolina okay so I started working for this promoter who I think was just looking for cheap labor and <laughs> I got so, like the job done good enough and didn't have to pay me a lot so that started the transition into my photography business, which is so funny because I do weddings and seniors now. So people are like, how in the world did you go from people punching each other to uh, weddings, which they can be very similar at times. <laughs> I bet you, I bet every wedding photographer has stories, right? Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh, it's funny. My, uh, well, associate Garrett, he second shoots with me and we just sit and talk about the stories. We have stories for days of things that happen there. But yeah, that reminds me of my early days in the octagon. Um, <laughs> so but, MMA and that's, that's, so you're, you're shooting MMA, MMA mm -hmm. and you go from that to dash photography. So I got to have the story from there, from, from there where you were to hear what you're doing now. Sure. So while I was shooting those fights, it was fun and I had a great time, but I didn't feel like I was fulfilling the purpose that I was created to fulfill. So I was back home kind of doing some soul searching and went back to the gravesite of the family member that I'd lost and was just sitting there. I was praying. I was trying to figure out kind of the direction I needed to go with this. And I was also just working through some grief and I was looking at his gravestone and I saw his birthday and his end date and then the dash in between those two dates and obviously a ton of memories flooded back when I thought about everything that was represented in that dash and that's when my purpose I feel like really started being revealed to me and I'm a believer so I 100% attribute that to the Holy Spirit and that's when the name dash photography kind of settled in my heart and I knew that I wanted to be a part of capturing people's dashes mm -hmm. and creating just tangible evidence of their legacy. So that was, I guess, when my m mission statement or idea was yeah. birthed. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that wasn't MMA. <laughs> I knew that I was <laughs> Maybe something else, right? not 
impacting the world <laughs> like I wanted to um, at fight nights. So that was kind of the tran- when the transition of just doing it for fun because I enjoyed doing it to really creating or beginning to kind of forge a path to creating a business that was impactful and full of purpose. Hmm. So that's that's so good. You, you so you kind of stumble onto this purpose, right? You stumble onto finding it, and now here you are, six years later with Dash. Um, but I would love to for, for, for so we have launchers out there, Amanda. Mm-hmm. People that have an idea, they're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they've launched it maybe, and it's, so it's it's kind of those fledgling, fledgling early days. Sure. How, what did you do? I mean, what did you? I mean, and obviously there's the. Got to get a business license, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But what were some of the first steps that you took to make sure that this is a reality six years later? Well, I shot as much as possible. Mm. I reached out to a photographer friend who, this was when Groupon first started, <laughs> and they didn't know how to operate things properly. And she had put her business, she was a, a new photography business, and she had put her business on there and ended up booking 2000 one hour sessions and it was just her. So when I reached out to her and asked if there was anyone that I could shadow or, you know, if she had anyone she could connect me with, she said, well, actually I have 2000 clients that I (laughs) need to get to work on. And we joined forces and I just dove in and for the next year and a half, I shot five and six sessions a day and had to figure out how to create work that was worth giving to somebody. And I think that was huge for me was learning my craft quickly. And obviously like that's forever going to be a journey for me. But I think the first step was becoming great at what I do Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. people, you can't build trust with a client if you're not good at what you do. Right. So for a long time, I didn't promote my business. I didn't. I was working a lot behind the scenes and trying to get really great at what I was doing, but also connecting with people who were further ahead, who I could just pick their brain and learn different strategies or how I paid my taxes as a self-employed person yeah. um, or things that you don't think about. Because honestly, photography is like 7% of what I do. Mm-hmm. And any other creative would probably say that as well. There's, you have to be really great at a bunch of things, but learning my craft was definitely the first step that I took. Now that's a big statement because we've been talking about the difference between a hobby and a business. Mm -hmm. And you said 7% is the the creative side. So that, yeah. (laughs) So you, in fact, you and I talked two years ago, I think two and Mm -hmm. a half years ago about, you were telling me, hey, my business is growing and and how do I do? And so now you've got the hat of a business owner versus the hat of a photographer. You still have the hat of a photographer, but for a lot of the launchers, one of the reasons our ideas get stuck is we can't wear the business hat Mm -hmm. and the business Mm -hmm. has to run. So, but how do you make sure that the mission and purpose doesn't get lost in the business world? So how's, how's that been for you? I know you're, you're still shooting. You're still, Mm -hmm. we see you around here all the time. So you're still involved in the game, but you've also opened up some office space. You've got a team now that you're leading. So tell us about that transition. Absolutely. So I, like we mentioned, was wearing all of those hats. I was my 
you know, admin person. I was my marketing strategist. I was our strategist strategist. I was um, my social media marketer, like all of these things that go into running a business that people normally have other people taking care of. I was doing everything. And frankly, I reached capacity. I reached a breaking point where I knew that I could not, my business could not grow anymore with just me. And I had to start outsourcing. So I pulled in my first associate photographer, Katie. She came to me as an intern initially, and then she's now working full time and is just killing it. But that took some pressure off of me of having to make sure that I was shooting a lot in order to pay the bills and could work on the business and not just in the business. Mm -hmm. And then this past year, same type thing. We had reached capacity as the two of us and we brought on, I like to call her a brand manager, but in essence, she's an assistant for both of us and she handles all of our booking and that's she's the first person that clients talk to and scheduling and took that the administrative part off my plate and that's obviously opened up more time for shooting but it's also allowing me to start thinking and working on different dreams that I have and how we can build the brand in more than just photography so I think the and it's honestly the greatest thing that I've done is to hire people. And I was so nervous, and it's a conversation my husband and I had um, about initially losing profit because you know you work so hard right. for money, and that's the point. Like mm-hmm. you, you have to be able to sustain yourself. Mm-hmm. And I didn't love the idea of hiring someone and having to pay someone to do something that I could do. But the reality was I couldn't do it. And after hiring on this team, we ended up having a record year. And it was incredible to watch them thrive also in this environment in things that I hated doing. And they loved it. And they are totally rocking it. And just there's so much power in being able to release control and let people do what they're good at and what they're gifted in. And in turn, I can do that as well. That's so good. You know, I, first of all, a shout out to your husband, Brandon, who I know is listening. Hey, Brandon. But uh, our mutual friend, Andy Stanley, you know, one of the many things I've learned from Andy is he said, we often assume that the things that we don't like to do, other people don't like to do mm-hmm. either. Oh, so true. But it's so the opposite. Like, if you hire people that can, that, that you hire to your, hire to your strengths and hire to your weaknesses, then you, you actually empower people to do things that you're not good at. Mm-hmm. And then the, and the company thrives, which has been so fun to see. Now, tell me about, you mentioned social media. You do such a fantastic job on social media. Tell me how you come up with ideas like the Dash Dream Team and your social media ideas. Because you got to have carve out time for that to happen, right? Yeah, so so tell me tell me how your what your creative process is like. Well, honestly... At the beginning, I focused so much on what made me look like I had it all together. And I was this business that people needed to hire because I knew what I was doing and everything was polished and proper. And I got tired of doing that because that's not my life. And that's not the reality of running a business. And I felt like that was giving just a false reality to other photographers who are Mm -hmm. trying to build a business Mm -hmm. and could be really discouraging to them. And so there's really been a shift in 
our social media presence over the past year. And I've just gotten real with people and just been willing to open up some of my struggles as an entrepreneur and as a human. And it's crazy to see how many people resonate with that and how many people are like, yes, I get that. I can relate to that. And that's what's been helping us build traction as far as building trust with other entrepreneurs, but as well as clients, because they see us as real people and they see us as someone grinding out just like they are. And they look at us and it's crazy to me to think this, but they look at us and they're like, yeah, we can be that or do that or um, get there. And that's what I wish I had when I first started out was someone, and honestly, the people that I attribute a lot of my I put this in quotation marks, success as the people that were willing to pour into me and to be honest with me and and sit there and cry angry tears with me and like, yeah, we'll figure this out. Mm-hmm. And I want to be that for other people. So that's definitely been the direction of our social media and our dream team. I don't know if you want me to go into what that is. Or- I would love to, but I don't, I don't want to force you to do it. It's such a great idea. So I, but um, no, yeah, that'd be I, great. I love sharing about it. So Our brand is obviously relationally based, and that is part of the foundation of why we do what we do. We want to love people well, and we want to serve them. And that is a part of our senior program as well. We do weddings and high school seniors now. And the Dream Team is, in essence, our model rep program. So these are senior girls who represent us in their high schools. But It's not your typical, like, here's your code and give it out to people and then they get a discount because I don't want to invest in someone who's not willing to invest in me. And so I think that's where I had to, that's my purple cow. And I don't know if anyone's familiar with. Yeah, Seth Godin. Yep. And how, and he talks about creating a product that stands out from the rest. And obviously in the photography world, it's such a saturated market that good photos, that's not enough anymore. You have to have something that stands out and that makes you different. And for us, that's our client experience. And we want people to, yes, have great photos, but we want them to leave feeling valued and encouraged and beautiful and capable and all of these things. And obviously that's huge for high school girls. So, and necessary for high school girls. So our dream team, we create events and shoots and um, we have family dinner every month and we talk about hard things and they've become so much more than just model reps. They've become a part of our brand. And a couple months ago after last year was a really hard year and I had to be upfront and honest with them and we had to hash through some family business. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful that they love us enough and are invested enough in the brand to be willing to do that and say, hey, this is where you're really dropping the ball or this is what we've really enjoyed. So we run it kind of like a small group, I guess, where Mm -hmm. we, you know, focus way more on the relationship with them than just photography. And in turn, they know that there's a business side of it and they're on board with that and they want to be a part of that. And they tell their friends and they earn things because of that for sending people. So um, I guess the short, the short version is there are model reps, but they are just as much a part of dash as any one of us. 
Well, it's such a great idea. Personally, as a dad whose daughter's been through this, I mean, you're a role model for my daughter, Jesse. So that's been so good. I remember last year, though, um, I, I heard Jesse like cheering in her room, and I thought, <laughs> what, what is going on? And it was the live, she was cheering because you were selecting people that she knew. It's the live Dash Dream Team announcement. Yeah. It's kind of like the NCAA tournament <laughs> thing. So tell us about that because it's like, it like takes over social media for like an hour in Atlanta or beyond. So tell us about that. Cause I think that's part of it. If you're a launcher, how do you leverage social media to get your idea out? But the more people that you can rally around and create a buzz, mm-hmm. then you get vision carriers that are casting your vision. And that's what the dash dream team really is. So sure. tell us about your live Announcement yes, party, so basically. so our big reveal night, kind of the process of how girls are selected for this is there's an application process, and we are very serious about the girls who are representing us because obviously we want our brand represented well. And so there's an application process, and they tell us what they do in their free time and um, grades. We ask about their grades and how they're involved in their community, and we really want... Uh, upstanding girls. So the reveal night we do live on Instagram, which Instagram is huge in the high school community. (laughs) And we get all the girls from the previous year and we just turn it into this big party. So obviously we haven't given any sort of inclination of who's going to be selected for the team until this night. And this past year was probably my favorite year because the girl it was the the day it had snowed so much here in Atlanta and everyone was stuck at home and we were determined to make this happen. And so several of the girls showed up. I think we had 10 or 12 girls. They made signs. They had we had noise poppers and confetti guns and dance music and just turned it into this big party of welcoming these new girls. And each one of the girls read kind of a little bio of the girls that were getting, the new girls getting selected. And then we would just go crazy and everyone would celebrate them and yell. And I'm sure parents watching thought we were crazy. (laughs) Um, But we want it to feel like the amazing exclusive thing that it is. And to watch these girls get excited about welcoming a new class and telling them how much fun they're going to have and how proud they are and kind of taking them under their wing is really, really fun to watch. So, and social media, I mean, Instagram's free marketing, so why not take advantage of it? Mm -hmm. And people love being able to see themselves. So our current girls love being able to tell their friends they were going to be on you know, a live broadcast or whatever. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. We had pizza and wrote notes to the new girls and it was, it was a blast. I read a book a few years ago called Contagious and it says one of the ways that you make things contagious is you make them exclusive. And that's what, you, you, that's what you've done. Mm-hmm. And But you've helped, uh, you've given people reason, even more reason to talk about your brand and what you're doing. And now you're building a tribe. So now my daughter who's now in college She's encouraging people to, you know, you got to get into this. So I just think the more people that you can get to be talking about you versus mm-hmm. you talking about you as a launcher, mm-hmm. um, it's it's just so helpful because word of mouth advertising is 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 still king. Mm-hmm. It's still king. Oh, absolutely. That's the majority of how we pull our clients still is word of mouth. And if you're creating an experience that your clients want to talk about, then that just makes people be like, oh. 
I want my senior photos done by this person um, because they feel like they're getting something that not everyone's getting or they'll be they'll be able to experience something far beyond just photos. Yeah. It's so important for your brand and your industry in particular, because everybody thinks they're a photographer. Look at my iPhone. I have, I took a really good sunset photo last night, right? So, so you've got to really lean in, not just into the skill and talent, but the experience. And that's one of the things that we've really been learning from our launchers on Launch University is this whole idea of experience that, that, you know, Dana Spinola talked about that with fabric. Like, what, mm-hmm. what's the experience of the fabric customer and how can we deliver a Nordstrom experience at a fraction of the cost, if mm-hmm. you will? Mm-hmm. Those are my words, not Dana's. But, but she really leaned into the experience part of it. So what are some things that you're doing now to even enhance the, any more of what you do? You show up at a wedding, let's say. How would you characterize the Dash experience for them? Well, a lot of that happens before and right. after the actual, for our wedding clients' wedding day um, and for senior clients before their senior session. So we really want to get to know them. So we take an extra amount of time to hear their story. We go to coffee with our couples mm-hmm. and ask them how, you know, how they met and their proposal story and what they love most about each other and what they're excited about for marriage and really just get to know them. And it's crazy because a lot of my clients have become friends and we still hang out. And I think that's also important as a photographer to be able to capture them correctly and well is to know them. Mm -hmm. And if you really want to pull emotion from them, then you actually have to know how to do that. And the only way to know that is by knowing them. So we really take time to get to know them. We think that the little things are really important. Mm -hmm. So we send them a welcome gift and it's very personalized to us and our brand. And we send them notes before their wedding and check in on them. And we're just there to serve. So if they need help finding other vendors or if they have questions about things completely unrelated to photography. We want to help with that. Um, I know how stressful planning a wedding can be, and I didn't even plan a wedding. I loped. So, <laughs> but I've seen just the pro- the amount of work and time and and effort and stress that goes into that, and we want to help in any way we can. So, I think the day of just being prepared is really huge to ensuring that the day is stress-free for our clients. And that's why we take care of everything beforehand as far as logistics so that we can just show up and celebrate with them. And we don't want to just be some, you know, stiff client or stiff vendor who is just there to do a job. We want to celebrate them and we dance with them at their reception and, um, you know, just really get involved with the actual celebration. That's so good. One of the questions I've learned from Hort Schultze, who uh, was former president of Ritz-Carlton, is the question our customers are asking is, do you really care about me? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, with you dancing with them, that this is, really isn't a gig. This is, hey, I care about you. You're, you know, that says a lot uh, about you as a brand, but it also says a lot that, hey, they actually really do care. They've sent me mm-hmm. a gift beforehand. They sent me some notes. They follow up after the fact. Mm-hmm. That's a, And that does distinguish and differentiate you in a very highly competitive field. Mm -hmm. Sure. And that's, it's the same way with our seniors as well. There's so many, I mean, we've talked about this, how saturated the market is. And so there's so many high schoolers who can take great photos. People don't need great photos. They can find great photos anywhere. Obviously that's important, but they want to feel 
they want to feel something. Yeah. And we are just trying to find ways that we can make them feel something and feel valued and cared for and served. And so way more of our focus in building our business the past two years has been on client experience and not necessarily just what we're providing them. So we even call it the Dash wedding experience, the Dash senior portrait experience, because we want from the very beginning it to be something that people are a part of. They're not just getting. Yeah. It's the the old adage that, and maybe it's not that old, but it's how you do something is actually more important than what you do. For sure. And how you do this is really important. By the way, to, to set the record straight, you did a low, but I did officiate yours at Brandon's wedding to some degree. You so, did. No, <laughs> so we anyway. would not legally be married if it wasn't for so you. So anyway, so just want to set the record straight for that. <laughs> now, um, before we let you go, you made a big move in your business recently. You actually, and this is a big moment for, for, for any business owner, you have office space now that yes. it's not a coffee shop and working out of your home. How has that changed the dynamics? Has that helped you, hurt you? What, what, what has that done for the dynamics and the mentality of you as a business owner? It has definitely made me realize that this is something far beyond myself. And that was a goal to begin with. But this is a space now that clients can come and spend time and hang out and our other photographer can get her work done and she goes in and has a normal job and it makes me have normal business hours and, (laughs) you know, get out of my sweatpants. But it also legitimizes us, I think, as well to clients because it shows, hey, this isn't just a hobby and we really are um, building something here. So how did you feel when you signed the lease papers? Was it exciting, nerve-wracking, pressure, wonderful, a mixture of all? All of that, for sure. I think the the price tag obviously <laughs> is always a little bit intimidating, but it was very exciting because I saw so much potential. And I love that it makes the people that work with me feel like they're a part of something big. Yeah. And that encourages them to work harder and to, um, I don't know. It just, I see like Katie was so excited when she came in said, I have an office, like I have a desk and this is real. This is, where, <laughs> this is real. Yeah. And to watch her dream starting to become a reality. Cause mm. I mean, this is, she's technically in the same boat as I am. She's just right. under our umbrella, you know? Right. Right. Well, and, and that's not to say that you have to have office space if you're a launcher out there, but th- there are things that okay, this is actually a real thing. Because I think you have to start thinking, this is actually real before it actually is real, if that makes any, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Now, make it till um, you make it? <laughs> yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> now, um, w- this is something we, we typically ask our guest, Amanda, and if, if the answer to this is no, that's cool. But has there ever been a moment where you just kind of wanted to give up and, oh, and go do something else or get a quote-unquote, you know, I'm just not going to work for myself. I'm going to get a, you know, just a normal job. If so, how do you push through those moments? Do they come and go? How does that work? Absolutely. I think the last one was like three days ago. Um, <laughs> no, for sure. Last year was a was definitely the turning point for me. I experienced major burnout. Um, I perfection. I guess I'm a perfectionist and. I was a workaholic. Honestly, I I thought the only way to be successful was to put in 80-hour weeks and to not sleep and to not have friends and to just 
hustle all the time. And I reached a breaking point for sure where it wasn't worth it anymore. The good that was coming out of it didn't outweigh the stress that I was experiencing and the anxiety that came every single day from wondering if there was ever going to be a point that there wasn't something to do. Because as an entrepreneur, there's always something you can be doing. There's always something that you can work on. And then also looking around, and it's so easy to fall in the comparison trap, especially in the creative world, seeing people who seemingly have overnight success, whether they become famous on Instagram or they land a big client. And I actually shared about this on Instagram last night because it was something that I've really been struggling with the past few months that it's easy to forget your progress when you're looking around and seeing other people's success. Mm-hmm. And there's seasons, I kind of envision it as building a path to wherever you're trying to get. And that path is a culmination of big rocks and little rocks and pebbles and sand. And some days you feel like you're jumping from rock to rock and making so much progress. And then other days you're staying in the middle of the river feeling completely alone and you can't figure out how to get to the next rock. And while you're dumping pebbles or playing in the sand, um, someone else is jumping from boulder to boulder. And it's very easy to get discouraged in those moments and to lose focus that this is the season that I'm in now. And these little pebbles are necessary to create the path that I'm on when you're looking around and seeing everyone else in there and comparing your journey to theirs. So I think the biggest encouragement that I can give to other people who are just starting out is in order to look back and see a winding road of progress, it takes distance and distance takes time. That's good. And there's some things that you can learn as much as you want, but there's some things that just take time Mm -hmm. and to trust the process and to recognize and celebrate the little victories. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And I love the fact that thanks for being honest, but are there some, some tools or some practices that maybe you go for a walk when you hit a wall or whatever, you and Brandon go out to dinner, you go do something different. I mean, what, what is it that you do to get back on the vision track, if you will? Well, in years past, honestly, until last year, I would power through and I would just keep pounding away at whatever I was doing until I felt like there was some sort of productivity that came out of it. And I think that was part of what led to my burnout and through (laughs) counseling and talking with people who I love and who love me, I realized how important it is to practice self-care and self-care isn't just a bubble bath like that. I mean, maybe, (laughs) but (laughs) it can mean so many different things. And for me, it was in those moments of frustration, stepping back and going to a yoga class or meditating. And I struggled with anxiety for years and learning how to control my breath and how to just be in the moment. I mean, my yoga teacher tells me to quit fidgeting. Like I'm constantly (laughs) always thinking and doing and just learning to be still has been huge for me. So in those moments, I mean, it can look like different things. I can go out and walk my dog or go for a bike ride or just go to a class that I have to sit and be still and just focus on literally breathing, which sounds ridiculous, but it's so helpful and necessary. 
fidgeting yoga. That's an oxymoron, I believe, like jumbo shrimp. So. Yeah, it's so opposite of everything they tell you in yoga. <laughs> but but I, I love that. And um, by the way, for us launchers out there, if you're not in counseling, you soon will be. It kind of raise. <laughs> yes, it kind of leads us Do there. Do it right? now. Start it now. Yeah. That's awesome. Well. Um, Final question, what are you most excited about right now? As you look ahead, I mean, you've had a great run and you've got a great team. Uh, you got a lot of momentum. What, what's most exciting you right now? Well, we are growing. So we're in the interview process with a couple of other photographers as well as another team member to kind of start handling content. And we really want to start some educational resources for create some educational resources for other photographers and other small business owners. So I'm really, really excited about that because I think that it's a way that I can serve my people and the people that are in the same boat that I'm in and what I wish people would have told me or would have helped me with or provided me with. So I'm really excited about that. And then we are in the very, very, very beginning stages of a nonprofit. And that's something we haven't even talked about yet. Yeah, that's new news to me. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, which it's still in the dream phase right now. But the part of building our team is to give me the freedom to step back and kind of focus on that. So I think that's really that's what great, I'm man. excited yeah, about. Yeah. Well, um, that's a lot to be excited about. Hey, I just, I said your last, this is the last question, but one final, this is the final question. So for a guy that with a phone like me that I mm-hmm. want to take a pic, is there any, like one <laughs> tip that you can give normal mere mortals like me? Like, I know put the camera this way, but like, okay, so I'm going to take a picture of my family or something. Mm-hmm. So give me one phone tip. It's all about lighting. So you could have the worst, you could have old school Nokia. I don't even know if they, those still have cameras on them, but you could have the worst device. If you have great lighting, you can take a great photo. So how would I do that? Like just make sure the the light thing is on? So you always want to be facing the light source. So if there's a window or if you are under a shelter and there's sun coming in from one side, you want to be facing the light source. So lights coming from overhead are terrible. You want it coming towards your client's face or your subject's face. Okay. So yeah, lighting is everything. And direct sunlight, people are like, oh, you need to go stand in the direct sun. That's kind of the worst. So <laughs> find some good shade okay. and point your subjects towards that. That's great. Well, thank you for that. Free <laughs> advice. So I'm looking forward to seeing your photos. How, how, yeah. So I'll post it on Instagram <laughs> later tonight. So uh, tell us how we can stay in touch with you. Well, you can find us most often on Instagram at Dash Photography ATL. And we love interacting with people there and we share photography tips and business tips and just life in general. And then our website, dashphotography.co. And we are in the beginning stages of a really cool blog series. And then we're on Facebook, but I'm the worst at Facebook. I'm my mom's on there too often. So <laughs> So it's Dash Photography ATL for Instagram. Yes. Dash Photography ATL. And I would say, by the way, you and I haven't talked about this, but you posted something about spring break last week, which I thought mm-hmm. was 
phenomenal. So thank you for posting that. So, mm-hmm. and you'll, if you don't know what that is, then you just have to go, go to Dash out. Photography ATL and look for around the spring break time. So Amanda, big fan of yours thank and you. your husband, y'all are doing great, great work. And, um, thanks for, thanks for investing in us. And I can't wait to see, can't, we're going to hit pause and I'm going to hear about your nonprofit. So <laughs> before we do that, thanks as always to, to listening to Launch University, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, be sure to follow Amanda. And, uh, if you got a wedding coming up, check out Dash Photography ATL. We'll see you next time here on Launch University. Hey, everybody. Before we let you go, thanks always for being a part of the Launch University community. And don't forget to check out myelevatorpitch.net, which we believe can help you take your good idea, turn it into reality, and sustain it. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Launch University podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.